of working at your J-O-B and want to become a full-time coach, or maybe you're motivated to shift from part-time to full-time coaching, you're in the right spot because today we're going to share four secrets that aren't typically discussed. Get out your pen and paper and step into the lab with us. All right, so let's get started. Now, first, before we go, as always, if this is the first time that you are joining us. Welcome, 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 welcome. We are so happy to have you here. And when I say we, I'm talking about my absolutely freaking amazing co-host, Dr. Amanda Barrientes, founder of NFA Coaching. And I am Andy Shear. I'm the founder of Pillar 9 Coaching. We are your hosts for CoachCast, and this is episode 31, right? 31? That's right, 31, four secrets to become a full-time coach. Yeah, so this is a big one. Because uh, so I, I don't know about you, Amanda, but I know, um, from at least from what I've seen, that the majority of coaches start part-time. Like they're sitting there, full-time job, and, and this was me, right? So start a part, part-time, again, on accident, but start a part-time and then work my way into essentially what, what was full-time. There wasn't a guide. There wasn't anything that was like, hey, by the way, this is the way that you want to go. Uh, no airplane directors sitting out there with the flags like, yo, you're doing it wrong. It's just something that uh, is, is not, like you said, sort of not readily talked about. It's not something that is openly discussed as to, hey, this is how you, you go from part-time to full-time. And I know that that's where a lot of our audience is right now because that's the majority of coaches. In fact, the majority of coaches don't generate enough for themselves to really live on a full-time income from it. So we want to help you guys, um, if you're listening to this, really take that step and go from part-time to full-time with these four tips. So, man, a tip number one, I think, is probably one of the biggest missing pieces inside of a coaching practice. Um, I, and I think it's one that people get held back a lot yeah. through their limited thinking and fears and the charge on being a slimy salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? So what we're talking about in, in this one is the willingness to promote yourself. And it sounds simple, yet I know that I've been there where it's been scary to do that. Uh, and there's been a ton of things that held me back at that point in time. It's mindset shifts, it's confidence. There's a lovely imposter syndrome that creeps up. There's so much that's wrapped up into this. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I love that you're saying that it just seems like a really simple, it, it, it's so straightforward, right? It's like, of course, duh, be willing to promote yourself. But how many coaches have you met? And, and I've been, I, I've done this too, where in the beginning, you're kind of struggling with what hat to put on, especially if you're working in a full-time job and you're transitioning into coaching, which I think you're totally right. I, I can't think of almost anyone. I can't think of any coaches I know that didn't start part-time. I can't. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm going through my head right now too. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So it's very typical to try to do a transitional approach where you have one foot in one world and one foot in another. And I think putting on that full-time hat and putting on the coach's hat gets kind of scary and challenging for people. Um, and anxiety ridden too. 
Like, oh yeah. You have a full-time job and you're putting it out there. You're like actually promoting yourself. Yeah. Saying, hey, I'm here. I'm coaching. Yeah. D- Do you, you are risking. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think it's an identity shift, right? Yeah. It's a, it's one of those things where you go, here's what I've been doing. Here's who I have been. And then I'm going to step into this new field. And I think, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me like, well, like what, did you do to get started? Hmm. And I always say, you got to promote yourself. (laughs) And it seems so simple, but it really is how I started. All of a sudden I just decided, okay, I'm going to start telling people I'm a coach and just see what happens, you know? And I was highly driven in that direction, but I was, you know, moving from being, thinking I was going to go the professor route into going, no, I want to be a full-time coach. And so I had, it was at that moment, I really realized when I was at, I was out, and around doing stuff and people would ask me what I do. And I would say I'm a coach instead of a professor. So which how, was really cool. How did you make that shift? So um, what was the, what was the transition period or what was the, what were the transition steps for you to go from professor to coach? You know, I think for me, it was at, you know, it was, it was at the end of grad school while I was writing my dissertation, I started just telling people like they would ask, what are you going to do when you're done? Mm-hmm. So I kind of had that nice transitional ease where people were expecting you to do something different than being a grad student. And so I eased in by, a, you, you know, a politically I had to be a little bit careful because you want your committee to support you mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're writing your dissertation. <laughs> so it was like, I can't just be telling everyone I'm a coach, you know? So I kind of had like these two identities in different worlds, but I do think this happens to a lot of people. You know, if you're at your job and you want to start promoting that you're a coach, you tend to start promoting to your warm market. Mm-hmm. And if that's the people at your job, I think that's why a lot of, there's a challenge there. Like people go, Oh, is there a conflict of interest? Is it competing? How do people see me? Um, so for me, I, I started, you know, when certain people would ask me and go, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a coach. And they're like, wow, tell me more about it. And so I'd start to tell them. And then every time they, they were around and be like, Oh, Hey, I've got this new program or I've got this new workshop I'm running. And I just started telling everyone I possibly could. When I graduated, I ended up teaching for a semester at CU. So I ended up doing, you know, going the professor out just a tiny bit because I wasn't sure where the income was going to come from. So I was a little bit scared and, and I just didn't know. And so I thought, okay, I'll take this position as I build it. And that's when I really noticed because I could have at that time said to everyone, I'm a professor. But instead, when I was out, trying, my motivation and my desire was to build my coaching business. So when people would ask me what I do, I wouldn't even talk about being a professor until we got farther into the conversation. And then I'd say, oh, yeah, and I teach at CU. But before that, I'd say I'm a coach because I wanted to make sure that that part of my identity was at the forefront. So people associated me with coaching so that, you know, it's people what's the stat it's that you have to have seven touch points or seven times of telling someone something before they remember it so I just started going I got to start really establishing in other people's minds that I'm a coach Mm -hmm. and so I got to where I wasn't afraid to promote myself at all because I was like driven to build my business and driven to help people and I really thought that they got to know what I'm doing otherwise you know, this that conversation of like, you might have the best product in the entire world or service in the entire world it, sitting in your office, let's say. But if you're just having it sit in your office and literally no one knows it exists, how are you ever going to be successful? So I think it's funny when people say, I'm really struggling with building my business. And I'm like, well, how many people have you told this week? And they're like, no one. <laughs> 
So everyone listening, this, I mean, this is the simplest tip, you know, Andy and I like to bring really concrete, solid tips, tools, and strategies. And this tip is so simple, yet many people overlook it. So be willing to promote yourself. And what about you? Talk. I, I want to hear yours too. Yeah. I think just simply talking about, I think, well, just to really quickly bring it back to your point was phenomenal. Like you had a long-term vision that you wanted to be a coach. So that's where your headspace was. Yeah. It was always wrapped around that. There wasn't a point in time, like you completely eliminated the thought process of, Hey, I'm a professor. You know, it was, no, I'm a coach. This is what I'm doing. Oh, and by the way, I happen to also be a professor at CU. Yeah. So just the identification factor. And I think the more that you guys talk about it, that's how you're going to start to really, uh, and a lot of coaches already know this, but the more that you talk about it, the more that you focus on it, the more that that's going to start to expand and start to become your reality as well. So the more that you say, hey, I'm a coach, you can even use, listen, if you want to go softly into the night, you can say, I'm an aspiring coach. I'm working to become a full-time coach. That's a great way to start to do that. Well, what are you going to coach to? Well, here you go. That's how the natural conversation is going to progress. I know because that's exactly what I did. Yeah. It was, I just took on my first coaching client. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, So this is, this is what I'm coaching to right now. And it's significantly different than what I'm coaching to right now. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be concrete, but at least understand that talk about yourself as a coach. And start with your, with your close-knit sphere. Start putting things out there. Here's another one. Start putting things out there on social media that interprets some of the things that you're learning. Yes. Hey, I read this from whatever book it was. Here's what I think. What do you think? Yeah. You know, and then again, start to put in the, like the experiential stuff. I coached or I had a coaching conversation with an amazing individual the other day this is one of the biggest takeaways of that conversation. I hope it helps you. Yeah. Just simple little things like that. And social media just gives us such a great outlet for us to do that. So whether it's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, go over to TikTok at this point in time, do whatever, by the way, yeah, coach Andy's all over the place now. The only, I got to really lean into Instagram and I'm like, for whatever reason, finding that to be difficult. Uh, (laughs) I love the blocks, right? Okay. But here's, okay. So, and, and I love that you said that because here's the thing, choose one platform. You don't have to do them all, right? It's like, if you feel blocked in one area, choose one platform that you love, whether it's in-person networking, choose that platform to promote yourself. Or it's social media, choose that platform. It's the, your current job that you have, all your friends, your church, whatever it is where you're out in the world and people are asking you what you do. Because we all know that's one of the main questions that people ask when they're getting to know you. How are you going to practice before you have those interactions saying, I'm a coach? You know, I, and I, I'm one of those people that believes fully that as you set goals and create identities, you step into it as if it's already happening. Yeah. You know, so you go, I'm a multimillionaire. I'm a multi-million dollar coach. Yes. Like, doesn't that feel good to just say in your being? Like, I am a multi-million dollar coach who impacts 5 million people. 
that feels good in my soul, you know? So it's like this thing of stepping into promoting yourself and going, and then people ask who you work with, what do you do? Oh, tell me more. And you're like, so practice these things, you know, and it, it does help, I would say to have some sort of social media platform. I mean, I think it's essential these days in business in order to promote yourself is to start creating your identity and your brand on social media. It and then it essential. gives you a little bit of practice. You're right. Essential ingredients. That's right. So, and, and the other thing too is if there are ways that you could force yourself into this, right? Uh, so if you look at BNI groups, chamber of commerce, mm-hmm. things that are like local business to business groups. Meetups. Yeah. They force you to tell people what you do. Yep. You, you literally strap on a tag that says, I'm a coach. Here's my name. Yes. It's In fact, true. like a BNI group or a chamber of commerce, they're going to have you do a 30 second commercial and yeah. you'll talk to like 20 to 30 different people. They're like, yes. saying, Hey, I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I'm a and coach. I highly recommend for anyone who's starting out going to those events just to practice putting on your identity, your new identity and promoting yourself, you know, getting to become articulate in, in your elevator pitch. And it sounds funny and you'll feel awkward as heck at first. At least I did. I was like fumbling all over the place and it was beautiful practice. And I got my first clients at those events, even with my fumbling, you know, people just could see that I was driven and that was what I was doing. And so I just, Kate, I led with my heart. I led from a place of going, this is what I want to do. I'm here to serve. And I just said what I needed to say in the moment. And I, got clients. I got my first clients at those events, free events. So if anyone's looking to build their business and you want to become a full-time coach and you want to expand, go to those events and promote yourself. I I seriously hope people, yeah. And guys, here's the deal. Like we were not thinking about driving home this topic like this. You know, this was supposed to be a quick hitter. (laughs) This turned into be a much bigger topic because this, I want you to understand how easy and readily clients come to you when you put yourself out there. Yeah. People are looking to number one, get help from you. And people are also looking to innately help you. Yeah. The more that you put yourself out there, the more opportunity will end up coming to you. Right. The, the lovely, and I freaking love this, the, un, the, the universe and God conspire to help you as long as you are decisive and where in the heck you're going, you know, so just make sure that you guys decide that that's where you're going and then be proud about it. Yes. I I love that you said that too, because the willingness to promote yourself is a confidence in what you're, what you're saying you are and what you're going to do. And I know that a confidence becomes established over time as you practice more and more, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to be fully confident at first. And I think part of the lack of wanting to promote yourself is like you said earlier, Andy, that imposter syndrome and not being certain yet that you even are a coach. You're like, am I a coach? I'm kind of scared to say I'm a coach. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's that confidence of knowing where you want to go. So always remembering when, when you know your why, the house will take care of themselves, right? So you know your why, I want to be a full-time coach who has a multi-million dollar business, who serves millions of people, then step into it or whatever your goal is, right? Maybe it's that you want to be a full-time coach who makes 50 grand a year and serves 100 people. Awesome. Either way, you're still adopting that identity and you're having confidence in your vision of where you're going. So all of that's included in the willingness to promote yourself. Such now next... Point. I think this is also why people don't promote themselves. Our number two tip mm. is 
to stay strong through rejection. Hallelujah. Ooh, that's a big one. That, that right there, I'll tell you, uh, is probably, that may be one of my, uh, no, I know what my favorite one is on this list. That may be the second yeah. one. On it's this. a big one. It, it really is because especially as, as a part-time coach, if you're going in, there are so many naysayers, by the way, including yourself. It's simply incredible. Yes. I just had a conversation actually today with, with a non-coach, somebody who's, who's in a different field and much of the same conversation. And it was, well, you know, again, a lot of fear wrapped around, a lot of judgment wrapped around and just a ton of emotion. And yet they weren't looking at the longer term vision. It wasn't, it wasn't, hey, this is where I'm headed. It's, hey, this is what the next 30 days looks like. So I think my tip for you guys when it comes to stay strong through rejection, number one, understand that you're going to be rejected. Yes. The, the more rejection that you get, the more success you'll actually experience. Yeah. Right. So that's the second. The third is screw everyone else and just go. You're doing the right thing. You're on the right path. If, if you're getting that rejection, learn from it take it if you can learn anything from it yeah and and move it, it reminds me of that i i'm sure you've heard this indian sales strategy trainings you got to go for the nose mm -hmm. you know if you're not There's getting 50 no's a day or 50 no's a week then you are not in action because you're for sure going to get rejected absolutely 100 percent. people are going to say no and the way that you respond your perception of the rejection is what matters if that rejection is something's wrong with me. I'm doing it wrong. I didn't do it right. They're better than me. My business is going to fail. You're going to really have a hard time growing your business because it's going to happen over and over again. And then you're going to give up and let your inner critic stop you from getting where you want to go. Mm -hmm. If you look at that rejection, like, yes, I'm getting better and better and better. I'm learning how to talk about it. I'm meeting new people. And a rejection is never a permanent rejection. It's a not right now. You right. Kick the pendulum, baby. <laughs> and I've learned, I've learned that cause it used to, you know, like at first it's scary, it's hard. And I was so driven that it was like, okay, I got rejected. Some days when I would get re multiple rejections in a row, it was like, shit, I, ah, you know, it was so hard and you get up and you keep going. And then you start to discover, oh, that rejection last week is not a rejection this week. Or, oh, that rejection that they said no still led them to refer someone to me. And, oh, they said no to this, but maybe they'll say yes to a different type of program I'm offering, right? So it's that idea of like, okay, how you got to have a stellar mindset. you got to have a, you know, I call it in mine an NFA, no fucking around mindset, mm -hmm. in order to navigate the challenges of entrepreneurship. And rejection is one of the big ones. And so we want you to walk away with strength in this area where you really fix your mind on seeing rejection as a building block to your success. Mm -hmm. Woo, yeah. Just got in a preaching mode there. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and again, listen, this is one of those things where when you start to promote yourself, success is a pendulum. That's why I said dropkick the pendulum. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're going to hit those no's and at the same time, you're going to end up hitting the yeses. Yeah. Your skill set 
to go from part-time to full-time coach depends on your ability to maintain mindset and or rebound if it does shake you, which I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've been, I've been shaken before. I mean, I've, I've thought that a client or potential client of mine would absolutely sign on phenomenal relationship. We've had a couple mm-hmm. of great calls, a couple of great onboardings. Like we've, we've actually walked to the point and, and talked about the commitments that are coming up. And all of a sudden it was, Hey, I'm going to go with this other coach. I've had it too. The other coach. And I'm sitting there like, You're then like, I start what? to judge. Yeah. Like, well, the other coach doesn't do shit. Yeah. I do. Yeah. You know, and then I'm starting to be like, <laughs> minute, hold right. on one second. Where, what am I looking at right now? And then again, yeah. I cast my eyes on the vision. It's how fast you rebound from those shaky. Totally. And listen, you're, you're, oh, I love that you just said that. I love that word rebound. So it's like, even instead of staying strong through rejection, how fast can you rebound from rejection? Yeah. Because it's going to happen first with 100%. certainty. Right. So how fast can you recover from the rejection? And I, I agree with you, Andy. I've had that happen so many times where I literally would come home. I'd write up the contract. I would send them the link to pay and I would be like blown away that they didn't, you know, didn't fall through. I just thought, wow, no way is how, what happened there, you know, and it's okay. I learned from it. And I think that actually leads into point number three as well, because here's the deal. If you are a part-time coach and you haven't experienced rejection like this, it's because you need to increase or improve your skill sets and become a powerful closer. All right. Yes. That doesn't mean though, right? I mean, it doesn't mean that they're like sleazy salespeople. Because it's completely different when it comes yeah. to coaching. People buy yeah. completely different things when it comes to, to people actually hiring coaches. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And one thing I want to say too, as a almost a preface or a subcontext of being a powerful closer, you're never going to close 100% of the time. So you still need to be able to be a strong, be, stay strong through rejection. So in powerful closing, you're right. It's, it, these are also tied. If you think about being willing to promote yourself, mm-hmm. that's part of the powerful close because the promotion of yourself says that, you, that you're like, I'm willing to put myself out there. I'm willing to share what I'm offering. I'm willing to have the powerful conversations. And in the powerful close, it's like, it's that awareness that people buy transformation. And what is the transformation worth? What What are they willing how much is how how articulate can you be in helping them see the transformation they're going to get from working with you? I wish you all could yes. see Andy. <laughs> I know I love Andy's shaking his head. He's just like yes, 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 yes. This is such a great conversation, <sighs> and and I want you to share here because you are like to, in my mind the ideal powerful closer. Like you have got it down. So share some tips. Uh, now I'm curious because <laughs> I just, I just, I perceive you as being very powerful in your ability to show people what you offer and how you can transform their reality. And you, so, and in that, that part of leaving them in that state of possibility and seeing, that's it right there. Uh, yeah. So I think, and I appreciate you saying that by the way, I really, really do. Um, I think 
that is the big piece is just leaving people in that point of possibility. And the more that you can help them see it, feel it, taste it. I mean, we were just talking about that and like simply step into that, that transformation. If you bring them to that point where they are, they are there. I mean, there's nothing that would make them think that they are anywhere else other than a year down the road after they've done everything that is they're talking about, they're living that lifestyle. And again, I'm a, I'm a, uh, what I consider a peak performance coach. So working towards all that stuff and there's alignment because I do everything over zoom, their shoulders, you don't know when I have them, their shoulders drop. I mean, they start to open up, they pull shoulders back. They're nice and tall. I'm like giving the secrets away right now, but that's a good thing. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm looking for. Yeah. So totally. I'd like to continue these conversations. I think that you have incredible potential. And yet yeah. I still think that you need some, some guidance, but it's not about what I think. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a right fit for you at this point in time? Yes. Well, what does that look like? Great question. Yeah. That's literally how the script is going to go, guys. Like, yeah. if you get them to that point, close. Yeah. Walk them through what it looks like. Yeah. And I want to say that being a powerful closer, it takes you stepping in and engaging, listening, active listening. You're really listening. What are their needs? What are their desires? What are their pain points? What are their wants? Because, you know, we know as coaches that that's our job to help people see their blind spots, to raise clarity, to have them get inspired to take action strategically in the direction of their dreams. That's our job as coaches. So what you've got to do is help mine that in the closing conversation. What is it they're looking for? And how can you be of service through asking them questions to lead them in the direction to see their dreams more clearly? And I think that is, so there's something that you guys can do as well with, again, the, the, the plain, the, the wow, geez, Louise, the pain <laughs> pleasure dynamic. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. So people love to be in that state of pleasure. They're going to fight the pain side of it. If you are actively listening and you can, this sounds bad, you can bring them to that state of pain and then bring them right back out and then put them Mm -hmm. right back in and then bring them right back out. Mm -hmm. And then again, you're going to leave them in that state of pleasure and potential and possibility. Yeah. Well, and I don't think it sounds bad because what you're really doing is helping them perceive that they actually are in pain by pretending they're in pleasure right (laughs) you know we we seek pleasure and avoid pain in the present moment and in order to get where we want to go we got to go through some of those pain points so in the moment you're collapsing time and you're going let's highlight your pain so you can understand that you could get out of it and create a long-term life of fulfillment or business of that right there so yeah. it's just, it, that's what we're doing on that call. And if you do that on that call or on that, you know, if it's an in-person coffee, maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's a Zoom console, oh, yeah. whatever it is, like that is your moment to really promote what you know 
and, and help people see it and not that you're selling at them. You're helping them discover, which is why I think it's cool that, you know, a lot of people call it like a discovery call or a strategy or strategy solutions. session. Yeah. Cause it's really what it is, whatever you choose to call it. You know, sometimes I just call mine a consult. Sometimes I call it like, Ooh, let's get together and strategize. 55 minute, no bullshit coaching call. Right. Right. Exactly what I like, call it. I love that. And it, and I mean, whatever it is for you, do it powerfully with the intention to help the person walk away with some powerful takeaways. That leads right to the last one too. Like all of these four folks, they tie in so nicely together. They really do. Now, if you know my personality, well, actually this fits Amanda's too. So this one fits both of us really, really nicely. Guys, when you coach, freaking coach your ass off. Like just pour everything that you have into it. Yes. Do that for not only them, do it for you. Yes. (laughs) I love this because there's two elements to it, okay? So one is the coaching your ass off, meaning do work with as many people as you possibly can. That's one thing we're talking about. And then we're talking about on the individual, in the individual session, coach your ass off. So it's both, right? Like this is actually to me a quality and quantity thing because the more people you coach, the more experience you get, the more dynamic you become as a coach. And then the deeper you go in each coaching session, the more experience you get and the deeper and the more authentic and the more, I mean, you know, it's like, I haven't been a full-time coach for even a year yet. And I have learned volumes about how to coach. I mean, every client I coach, I'm like, oh, 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 (laughs) new insights. And I just get better and better and better as with anything, right? Like we practice and we get better as we go. Guys, I, I, I really hope that you're listening to this. Like what we're really talking about is you stepping into you accepting and adopting an identity of a coach. That it's you not settling. If you're going to do a strategy session or a coaching session or a discovery call or no bullshit, full-on coaching call, whatever you're going to do, simply coach and, and provide as much value as humanly possible. That is going to not only improve your skill set, it's also going to help the person, whether they choose to work with you or not. Because that person that doesn't choose to work with you might reject you. And Amanda already said this, they might reject you, yet you might be the person that they refer. They may not just be ready for a coach right now. If they know someone who is, I can't tell you the number of times that I've had that. Absolutely. So when you go at it full bore, full go, no holds barred, simply coach your ass off and you're doing the other things, your business freaking skyrockets. And, you know, honestly, it actually causes, and Amanda, I know that you, you've experienced this and you know this from a, just a knowledge standpoint, it causes an amazing confidence loop. Yep. Big so. time, big time. And, he, and here's why, like when you're coaching your ass off, you get to have those powerful moments with your clients where they're 
transforming right in front of your eyes. And you're like, yes, I was a part of this journey with you. And you walk away every call stronger and more convicted that you get to transform people's lives. And then you can't wait to do it again because you're like, there's people out there that are just needing my support, my coaching, my challenge. Then you're more willing to promote yourself. Then you're more willing to stay strong through rejection. Then you're more willing to be a powerful closer because you're convicted that you are an incredible coach. So these four tips and secrets that we're giving you, they're all interwoven and they are, they intersect. And I, I want to, do you think we're done with the, the coach your ass up? Cause I just want to summarize and recap. Okay. So just to recap in case, you know, I always like a recap. So <laughs> number one, <laughs> be willing to promote yourself. Number two, stay strong through rejection. Number three, be a powerful closer. And number four, coach your ass off. What would you say is a great charge for today, Andy? I think the first one, I think the first is the easiest domino to tip. Okay. So if I were to issue a charge, it would be for you guys as coaches to focus on talking about you as a coach. Yeah. And honestly, with that, watch the rest of the dominoes topple because you're promoting yourself, because you're actually readily talking about yourself and adopting a personality of a coach and a persona of a coach. You staying strong through rejection, it has to happen. Otherwise, you're not you're not in that full adoption mode of you being a coach. You have to be a powerful closer, otherwise you're not going to have coaching clients. But because you're promoting yourself more, you're going to have more discovery calls. You're going to have more coaching consultations. You're going to have more strategy sessions, which, by the way, is going to cause you to be a better and more powerful closer. And you're going to have to coach your ass off no matter what because, again, you're going to be inside of those calls. So why waste your damn time? Step up and show up, coach. So... That's the charge that I would have for you. Anything that you would add to that? I think that's brilliant and awesome and right in alignment with how to get that started, get that cycle started. And I like how you said, you know, it's the, the best domino to topple. Like that's going to affect the rest. I think that's incredible. So everyone listening, go out and promote yourself. Whenever you're listening to this, wherever you are, unless it's, let's say it's midnight and you're in bed, maybe then you might not be able to promote. Well, actually you can, no, you can. There's post social something media. on social media. Okay. So no matter where you are, what you're doing right now, do something to promote yourself and put yourself out there as a powerful coach. It's awesome. I love it. I mean, I think that's exactly where we need to leave them because there's so much action that they can take inside of this one. Guys, yeah. it is that time for you. I hope that you have so many notes and that as you guys are taking those notes, you're coming up with ideas that you can actually go out and promote and take the action that you need to take to build the business, the impact, the income that honestly you truly deserve from your coaching company and your coaching practice. Until next time, guys, we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you so very much for tuning in on this week's episode of CoachCast Lab. Listen, if you found value in this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and we would love a raving review through either iTunes, Stitcher, or however you plan on joining us each week. Now, go create the business of your dreams, the lifestyle you desire, and the impact you deserve.